Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, today, we got the whole bunch. We got Adam, we have Rihanna, and we have myself, Caleb. How are you guys tonight? Peachy. Doing good. So I was thinking, um, since we have all three of us, we should probably tell the listeners about our plan. Does that sound appropriate? Good? Yeah. So, listeners, this may be sad for the two of you that are continuing Mm. to download the podcast, but we have talked about it, and our plan is to uh, make it to 250 episodes. So, I think this is 242 that we're doing here, or 243, something like that. Uh, We're going to try to make it to 250 by the end of the year. We're going to have to do some random stuff. I think we'll do Food News Desk at some point uh, one more time. Uh, for good for uh, for old times' sake, and a few other things, we'll get to 250 for our patrons. I think we're going to try to do a holiday episode as well, like we usually do. And then from there, we are probably going to discontinue uh, at least the website and the regular feed. Uh, I think the plan is for us to keep our socials, uh, at least like Twitter and Facebook. And if we feel like jumping on and talking about something, like. Wouldn't surprise me when Daredevil Born Again finally hits that we would maybe do a talk and we'll post the video to the socials and stuff. But uh, the reality of keeping up a Patreon and keeping out content, I think you all know that we have not done that as well lately. And so I think it is time to call it an innings, as they would say for people who watch cricket. Um, That's a really weird random reference for that. But anyways, call it an end to a season. Uh, we'll, we'll do 250 and then we'll be less regularly doing this. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We've talked about it. I think that's probably the way to go. As Rhiannon said, though, it will be the end of a very long time doing this. So how many, seven years, eight years. So we started the Christmas before iron fist came out. So I think it was almost seven years ago now. Oh, I mean, we did this through inhumans, iron fists, yeah like when i started with mcu exchange civil war was getting ready to come out yeah remember when we all thought cap was going to die then or iron man or somebody i don't remember i remember one Uh, of the first articles i wrote was uh about the shocker suit in spider-man homecoming and then atlanta filming was like these guys are morons they don't know what they're talking about and i was like whoa bro I'm just some idiot that was told by my editor to write that article. Like, chill out. Hey, man, I still get those messages all these years later. <laughs> it doesn't get better. I remember um, my first attempt at, like, Marvel clout chasing was that uh, unfounded backing of Inhumans or whatever where I like begged at everyone to give humans a chance and all the cast reached out on my Instagram and followed me and thanked me for the article. And I'm like, Hey, the cloud chasing worked. And then in humans came out and it bombed. And what do you know? I yeah. should have wrote that. We, we can talk more about this stuff. I mean, this is specifically though. I feel like to the old MCU exchange days, I remember mm-hmm. making ESPN change an article. That was really happy for me. I don't know if you remember, they did an interview with, um, who was it with? It was like Sterling K. Brown, like ESPN, the magazine did an article, oh, yeah. Sterling K. Brown. 
And he's like, yeah, Black Black Panther was awesome because I got to work with all these people. Like, and he listed them, and he listed Felicia Rashad. And I read it, and I was like, that's weird. She's not been announced for the cast. So we like wrote it up with MCU Exchange. Like, Sterling K. Brown confirms that like Felicia Rashad is in Black Panther, which made sense. She's in Coogler movies, you know. And then, like, a day later, ESPN had, like, put an ellipsis there where her name used to be. And I was mm. like, oh, that's me. I made that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Those were the days, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's, I I don't even, I don't talk to Villanueva that much anymore. He likes my stuff on Twitter every now. He's, his band's in, like, South by Southwest. Something? in australia. australia they're playing like yeah. south by southwest in australia got a rock star yeah uh, he's yeah those were the days the site is still up and it talks about hawkeye to premiere on november 24th yep it's not wow, they even years well one year i'm surprised that now i have to go check it out no that's two years adam hawkeye was not last it was not last year. It was two years. Was ago. it two years ago? So I guess somebody's still paying for the hosting or something. But yeah, yeah. Look at all them ads! My goodness, <laughs> are we still on the staff page? Because we were on the staff page for the longest time. Oh, that'd be worth looking at. I didn't know Pierre wrote for them. So many people that got their start that were not on the staff page. No, we're gone. We're not. So let's uh, let's talk about Marvel stuff. Um, I think the biggest news this week was. Deadpool 3 has officially been pushed off of May. Um, I mean, it's not surprising, given that there's no actors working. If I understand right, there's a little hope that if the writers may or the actors can maybe get a contract, that um, Cap Brave New World might get finished up and they can move it back up to May. But if not, it may just be Domino City again with... Deadpool back to July, Cap back to November, Thunderbolts back to the year after that. I mean, I don't know. As I said, it's not surprising. Do you guys have any thoughts about kind of the way all that stuff's moving? There will be movie delays for the rest of our lives. I don't think this is this isn't even close to being all of them yet. Yeah, today they just pushed back Mission Impossible Mm -hmm. 7 Part 2 or whatever. The two-parter thing is killing me. Did you see that they're changing it? Uh Uh-uh. It's not a Part 2 anymore, even though they just printed all the Blu-rays and stuff. They're dropping Part 2 from the thing, so Part 1 is is it. And they're changing the name. Dude, I'm glad. So we have not talked about this. Um... Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to those movies because I felt like they were distinct movies that had a continuing story. But the way they did those back to back years and it felt like a part one and a part two to people. After they did that, everybody, Spider Verse, Mission Impossible, all, all the Hollywood people were like, oh, if we do a two part movie, it's going to be awesome. And no one has done it as well as far as actually making the films have their own identity but that's maybe another point besides it but just a little pet peeve i've been dealing with lately like seeing half of a story and they call it a movie but yeah um a bunch of other stuff got delayed too 
but I don't even remember like SpongeBob and um that horror movie, uh, Quiet Place. Yep. So yeah, we'll probably get a bunch more delays by by the time the strike is done, whenever it may be. Hopefully by the end of the year. Probably not though. Well, on the other side, it could be done by the end of this week. You know, they're coming back tomorrow, I guess. For talks. Hope so. I was about to say, all of these delays could be um, propaganda as they go into this next round of negotiation. The AMPTP plays a lot of games. Announcing a bunch of delays of projects today, creating sort of a sense of doom and gloom in the audiences and the public, probably part of their negotiating strategy. They did a lot of stuff during the SAG strike. They did like cancellations of stuff. And I think at least one show that they quote unquote canceled came back as soon as like this writer strike was over. They're like, oh, just kidding. We're going to, we're going to make another season of that. I think it was one of the Star Trek shows or something. Prodigy. Yeah. Yeah. Prodigy that they canceled during it. So like these announcements and stuff, some of it is a negotiating strategy by the AMPTP. Well, and that's where this is really, I mean, it really is a stupid discussion because we saw with the writer's strike, the the writers were very clear, this is what we need to have a deal. And the studio said no. And the writers go, well, okay, well, that's what we need. And then they, they screwed around and they screwed around and they screwed around. And then eventually they gave the writers what the writers asked for in the fir- first place. And so, you know, Adam, you said delays forever. After the industry went through COVID, I mean, I think we talked about how it's really not good for the business to have all these delays and gaps again, but that to me lies on the studios. This is really bad for you. Don't do this. Just, you know, get to the table, get serious and get a contract done. Like, you know, at this point, I am so exasperated at the studios that they feel the need to just screw around when they've proven with the writer's strike that it didn't work. And frankly, it seems like they're playing the same freaking games in in October with the screenwriters that they played in August with the writers. And we've already seen it. Like it's pretty obviously a playbook when you're doing the same junk that you did two months ago with a different union. Yep. But they keep thinking that the public is going to change, you know, to be like, Oh, you're right. Like, those actors they need to wrap up that strike so that we can get our deadpool in may i I do wonder if uh clooney and johansson and like all those writers that made that very generous but apparently nonsensical like idea last time to give up a bunch of money i do think that that like undercut a lot of the pr for the studios because if they're like oh this is a bunch of millionaire actors that are just being petulant when they came forward and they're like, oh, no, us rich people, we're happy to lose 150 mil in order to get a deal done. I think that really did sort of kneecap the studios, even if in the end it seemed like a pretty empty gesture, legally speaking. Yeah, I, but I'm with you. The studios just need to give them what they want so that we can get on to making movies and television. Though I do wonder, I mean, like, I, I think we talked about it last week, the math of, you know, like, so they get a deal this week. It takes them a month to like gear up production. I mean, or Deadpool. I mean, like, how long does it take them to 
ramp up production and get things going. So are the studios going ahead and thinking of that and thinking of the holidays and just assuming the rest of the year is a loss, whether they come to a deal now or not, why not drag it out? Yeah. The only thing I'd, I mean, I hear that Rhiannon, it only takes a week to get anywhere in the world. I mean, it only takes two days to get anywhere in the world. Like we have airplanes and I mean, I get that you might have to get sets ready or whatever, but there's still 60 days until Christmas. And I don't think these people start their Christmas breaks on December 1st. Like, I don't know. It seems like they should be able to get something done between now and New Year's, but. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Let's come to a deal. Let's start making stuff. Now, Adam, I don't know if you remember from your writing is cap new world order kind of like a brand new world or whatever they're calling it. It's mostly done, right? Like they only have to do reshoots for, for captain America. Yeah. I think it's principles done for sure. And then, um, yeah, they just have to do reshoots, but then they're starting. Apparently I saw a soundbite somewhere where they did zero reshoots on Loki too. And they wanted that to be the norm or not the norm, but they wanted to do more of that. Which makes sense because why waste money on reshoots and stuff? Well, but it def- um, certainly we talked about Daredevil last week. On the TV mm-hmm. side, they seem to be very intent to not use reshoots to fix TV shows. You know, right, right. So who knows? I mean, I'm sure there there will be, but then again, you have movies like Eternals and Quantumania that were released that had five rounds of reshoots, and it they still ended up critically panned and underperforming at the box office and it, with the Eternals at least I don't even know where Quantumania ended up but yeah who uh um Cap's the only movie that's wrapped right yeah because Deadpool was halfway done a quarter of the way done a third of the way done whatever yeah I don't know I, I don't think it'll get bumped up to uh to Deadpool's date but we'll see well, it's weird though because it originally had Deadpool's Day, didn't it? And then they mm-hmm. switched it. I oh I just wonder if that was a marketing move, if that was more about giving the Deadpool movie the May date because they thought it was a better movie. You know, it may be that there's a chance there. I'm just being optimistic. Who knows? <laughs> it's also like Marvel started to become a like branding nightmare all of a sudden, where they can't decide on names for their movies. <laughs> Or shows like I, I just on can't its fourth name or something. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the next five names for Coven of Chaos or House of Harkness or whatever Agatha is going to be by the time she makes her way to our screens. It's Darkhold Diaries now. I don't even care anymore. My, my favorite <laughs> is they're like, there's a new logo. It's the same logo. It's the same it's exact logo. Words. Yeah. <laughs> And they were embroidered on the chairbacks as well. Darkhold Diaries was so maybe that's the one that has a chance of sticking since they actually digitized the file enough to embroider. But I'm sure Disney can bear that cost. Do you I, think? I mean, there's been a a conspiracy theory that this is like a clever part of the marketing to sort of somehow talk about the content of the show. I mean, is there any possibility you think that's true? I mean, I don't... changing the name or changing the dates, changing the name, the name, 
Sure. I'm sure that's a marketing strategy of let's change the name of the product five times to the point that nobody knows what it is. The yeah. what would be funny is if like when it comes out, it has like all of those names at the beginning. Like maybe it's officially called Agatha all along. And then you've just got 43 different names. Yeah. I, I think the other thing I read was like somebody was just sort sort of like guessing that it might play with like genre or era like WandaVision did a little bit. And so like one of the episodes will be like a Coven of Chaos episode and one will be a Darkhold Diary episode and like that they might even be sort of different um, genres even episode by episode and that this is kind of hinting at that before they kind of reveal it in the end. I mean, Marvel fans will give the studio the benefit <laughs> benefit of the doubt and twist and turn all this stuff to, to whichever ways. So, yeah, sure, man. I don't think much. Adam, we talked last week, Rhiannon and I pretty extensively about the uh, Daredevil overhaul. Did you have any thoughts on that that you wanted to share? Good. I mean, Marvel doesn't really admit to messing up. So it was, it was good to see them saying taking ownership of it, you know, and realizing that they don't know how to make television, which is something this podcast has said since WandaVision, <laughs> you know, the internet made Vinny D quit social media shortly thereafter. So good job, internet. But um, yeah, who knows? Good. Good, good on them. Uh, they're probably going to end up starting from square one because 18 episodes was way too much in the first place. First studio that didn't know how to make a six episode television series. So yeah, we we were just saying last week it's it's probably good news in that it shows how much they value it. You know, like I would far rather them go, oh, this isn't working. We need to start over. Then, oh, this isn't working. So let's stop putting any money into it and then just try to edit our way into a decent show. You know, right, right. And then they they release it all on one day at three a.m instead of <laughs> instead of doing that apparently they're going to start promoting echo shortly okay um, they've got to so promote something they've got to promote something and i think alakwa cox is very close to giving birth i mean she can't promote it anyways but she's she's about due according to social media I mean, it makes sense to me. Oh, that's what those October. That's what when she was elliptically referring to something in October back in the spring. She's talking about her baby, not this show. I just realized this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, judging by the maternity photos she posted on Instagram, I would guess that's what she's talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, though. I, we, we've heard that it's you know early next year. And if it's going to come out in January or February, it's not unusual for them to drop a trailer, you know, early November or something for that. So I'm super interested to see the reaction to that. Yeah. At this point, (laughs) I know I'm giving them too much credit at this point. It's kind of like, I don't know if they kick a field goal here, it'll feel like a touchdown. Because like yeah. we're so assuming it's going to be a total fumble that like any points on the board is a success if you're following my metaphor. Good man, that's Eternals is one of my favorite Marvel movies, and that's because everyone made me hate it beforehand. 
Yeah. Like at this point, if they just don't get a pick six, it would be nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything but utter failure will come out making them like smelling like roses, you know. Have either of you read any of this MCU book that came out? Oh, uh, oh. partially just because I have to write about it. I've probably read half of the book just from pull quotes. Yeah. It's super interesting because there's a uh, Disney authorized version and then the unauthorized version, like the Disney's Marvel timeline books coming out, like at the same time as this untold story or whatever it's called. Yeah. I I was really bummed out. I took a plane trip. Um, I think I told you guys I went to Vegas last week. That's another thing. You did not tell us. That's another thing to itself. But did you win big? I did not bet a single dollar. Did you get one of those silly big alcoholic drinks at the stand in front of Paris? I realized after we left, I did not gamble a dollar, and I did not have a drop of alcohol the whole time I was there. What did you do in Vegas? We went to the U two show. We basically oh. went to the U2 show. Oh, in the sphere? Yeah, he went to the sphere. It? It's amazing. Is it's it? so... So here's the dumbest thing, but the coolest thing. We were leaving, and my wife looked at me as we were, like, going down the escalators out of there. And she goes, whoa, are your ears ringing at all? And I was like, no. Like, it was a full-on rock show, and our ears and our head felt great when we left. Because usually, you know, you leave like a stadium right. show mm-hmm. and your head is like throbbing and nothing sounds right for the next six hours. Because like it's so loud and the speakers are like mm-hmm. overpowered to like deal with the echo and all that crap. The acoustics in there are so perfect that it can be like a loud rock show and you leave and your ears are not hurting at all because it's made for human beings to hear music, you know, like. A concert venue designed for music. Imagine that, you know. Halo, I I always forget how big of a YouTube fan you are. Like every time you say that, I'm like, you're like the one person that thanked Apple for making them put that album on your phone. Oh no, that was the best day of my life. A free was it the album? best day of your life? Not the best day, but I was so it's happy. I was watching the live stream, and when Bono's like, and it's on your phone right now, I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> That's awesome. I saw today they put Venom on the sphere for Spider-Man 2, which is oh, a game cool. I have not got. Have you been playing that? Uh, no. I'm still... Um, in fact, just tonight I was trying to beat Darth Vader on Jedi Survivor, so... Spoiler alert, Darth Vader. Spoiler alert. So, is you two, like, doing a residency at the sphere, or is it just, like, a couple of weeks? So, they opened it up, and they're doing... I think it was like 40 shows between now and Christmas. And then they just announced another like dozen shows in January and February. So how long till Hamilton's there? Are we past the Hamilton stage or is, I, I don't think a Broadway show would be good there. Cause so? it's weird. Like the people are very tiny. The screen, I mean, they put them on the screen. Mm. So they're huge, but like you're actually pretty far from the stage. If you're up in the, the videos yeah. I saw, like the seating looked really, really super steep. Or was that just the video, yeah. or was that the case? Oh, I don't like that. I'm yeah, afraid of heights. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, well, that's cool. Did you post like pictures or videos or something? I put a few pictures up yesterday. Yeah. He also talked about how much he hates Vegas. 
I do hate Vegas. It's I hate Vegas too. I hate Vegas so much. It's I mean it's the perfect city for the Raiders. That's all you need to know. (laughs) The um the experience that Las Vegas sells, you can get so much. I mean, yeah, even with the gambling, you can get in New Orleans. Like this is my takeaway, Rhiannon. Is if you want to go somewhere and gamble and get drunk and see people walking around with very little clothes on, you can do that in New Orleans in a town that actually has history and culture and significant things and better food and a half of the price. Like, I, why anyone goes to Vegas when you could go to New Orleans, I don't understand. Because some people want Guy Fieri's trash can nachos, Caleb. We can't all eat foie gras or whatever it's fries in New Orleans. I mean, there's... New Orleans is the first place I heard of tater tachos. <laughs> so we went to a Gordon Ramsay burger. It was okay. fine. Terrible? What? No, was, was it fine? I went to Gordon Ramsay burger or whatever, and it was, it was like the driest, grossest burger I think I ever had. Uh, the best thing we had, they have a little chain in Vegas called uh, Taco El Gordo. The Fat Man Tacos, I think, is what that means, roughly. I mean, I'm not great in Spanish, but amazing. Commander's Palace. And so, like, the, the, the Taco El Gordo, you go in and there's, like, it's sort of like going to Katz's Deli. Like, there's a big counter. And you, like, line up and go to the counter. There's different stations. Like, you can get, like, pork at one carne asada and another one and then they have one that's just like weird stuff so if you want like beef tongue or pig stomach or whatever like there's a line for that not as long of a line but um and they just like the guy just like slices it off right there and chops it up and makes you tacos hands it to you on a paper plate that was amazing like clearly the best vegas thing that we did so i was jealous of those taco pictures yeah, they're but, pretty amazing. I mean, but I had a tostada at Commander's Palace. So I had New Orleans and Mexican food, like all in one. Yeah. With 25 cent martinis. So. Also, the daiquiri type places in New Orleans or um, in Vegas. Uh, in, in New Orleans, they usually one of them was like a chocolatey one, like a mudslide or a coffee or something. Only fruit flavors in Vegas. Only fruit, like, yeah. fruit slushies. last time last time i went someone like ran into the paris one like 12 hours after i left like drove into it with their car oh that might have been intentional so i can't remember it was it was a news story until something else happened that whatever vegas it's like disneyland but if mickey did math yeah all of it you can get in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. The other takeaway, so my two are go to New Orleans instead of Vegas if you want that kind of thing. Second of all, I never want to hear people complain about the prices at Disney World again. Like the roller coaster at New York, New York is $25. Like $25 for a single roller coaster. Disney World is like whatever, 110 bucks for all the roller coaster you can ride all day long. Like Disney is not expensive compared to Vegas. Vegas is a much more expensive and far less well done. So 
did you guys at least get a romantic picture in front of the Bellagio fountains while a busker harassed you for a quarter? No, uh, in part because the show let out pretty late and they closed the Bellagio fountains at midnight. I thought this was the town that never sleep. What? what? But also they're getting ready for the Las Vegas Grand Prix, an IndyCar race. Mm. And so there's a bunch of scaffolding in front of Bellagio Just fountains. Everywhere, like, yeah. I'm not sure they even are running them right now because you can't see them from behind you know, a bunch of chairs. That's crazy. Good thing. Like Vegas isn't like expensive, you know, it like, is though. Well, That's my it, thing. It's, I mean, it's getting expensive. there, getting there is like, if you wanted to go back just for the Bellagio fountains, it's cheap to like get there. I don't from Boston. It's not cheap to get there. Really? It's like 400 bucks, to, like plane tickets round trip. Was it there. really? Yeah, um, from Boston. I mean, okay. if you lived in Iowa, it's probably cheaper than getting to the East Coast. Yeah, but probably it is. Yeah, man. Like Spirit has like $94 airfare. Just hop on Spirit. You don't need to take a bag. No. Nope. Go nope. see the Bellagio fountains and come back. I I flew Spirit once and I am not kidding. Like I'm not trying to belittle anyone. It was a little bit like a refugee camp inside their terminal. Like the bathrooms didn't work and there was no running water. I was like, is, is this legal? Like, is this humane? Like, can they have us in here and not let us pee? Like, it was unbelievable. The uh, My first spirit experience was I thought we were going to have like an international incident because someone ordered a cup of noodle and they didn't get their $16 cup of ramen. And he started freaking out, and I'm like, "Whoa, man!" Like people said stuff about Spirit, but this stuff—it's actually going down. So, oh yeah. But then uh, I did Spirit another time and got a whole road to myself on a red eye flight. So it went from like F minus to A plus for me. Yeah. And I didn't even get paid a dollar to hawk Spirit at you guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's the news. I think that's Caleb's travel log. We probably should talk about Loki. Okay, I'm leaving. Bye. You take an app, Adam. All right, man. We'll see <laughs> yeah, you later. See you guys. <laughs> Bye, Adam. All right, Rhiannon. Loki episode three. So I there was um a friend of mine on Facebook was like, you know, I've watched most Marvel properties and I cannot figure out who is supposed to watch Loki. And I was like, the intended audience for Loki is people that like Tom Hiddleston in a suit. In various suits. <laughs> it just seems like they they went with this, like, what cool scenarios would it be to throw Loki in? Um, I like that they're continuing to let him be a trickster. You know, letting him continue to be a little bit of Loki. Um I'm getting all morose that the Greek gods made no sense to me, but whatever. Um, I guess he is still the Loki that's like bitter about not fitting in or with the family or whatever. Oh, the Norse gods, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we got Jonathan Majors, yeah. So last week I said I would you love did. it if they traveled to more periods in history. And I'd love it if we got Jonathan Majors as the main villain and move that along. And then poof, they gave me everything I wanted. Like 
I couldn't right. help but be very happy that they were, you know, moving the way I asked them to. Right. I was thankful that you put that in the universe because I was like, okay, cool. They're doing I, I just assumed that you had been spoiled in some way. I Oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I just assumed that you knew what was coming and made yourself sound smart, but <laughs> I didn't know you were just guessing. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it as a nice historical piece. I enjoyed it as an introduction to a Kang variant. I enjoyed Miss Minutes as a ghost. That was a fun little holiday treat. Also a fatal attraction spurned Yeah, that's I where I like... liked that. I thought that was fun. That's where they started losing. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I guess everything has to be a love story. Um, yeah, I mean, like, all of the women, like, falling over King, even the digital ones that he created. <laughs> <laughs> That's just obnoxious. Um, but overall, um, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. So let's talk about Kang a little bit. Are, I mean, this is sort of a meta question, but are you able to enjoy the character and the performance given the clouds of uncertainty around kind of who Jonathan Majors is as a person and the way that he treats people or is that something that for you is kind of hard to get past I thought it would be hard for me to get past but I got right past it I don't like I'm not proud of the fact that I got right past it right introducing him as this character this stuttering but quirky got over it really quickly well and And with some with some layers of like black man in 19th century america that's kind of being mistreated by wealthy white people like i think that is probably a layer on that too you know yeah yeah they um they made me good and conflicted because his performance was so good um the the whole situation that they put him in was fun the you know, clearly they are really holding back the villain, villain king that we are, you know, that's the most intimidating. Right now, I was able to look past it. I wasn't able to look past it, like in that first episode when it was like, here is King's face right up in your face. I was like, ooh, uh, oh, they are. They're, they're sticking with Jonathan Majors, I guess, you know, like that. But yeah, this character of him. I'm also incredibly face blind and like unable to recognize actors. And like he also just to me doesn't look like Jonathan Majors for most of the episode. So that made it easier. Well, there is, I think, something, and I don't know, people may hate this, but I think there's something about talent and how talent affects those things. Like I should really, really hate Michael Jackson music because I really do think. Michael Jackson was probably a very p- terrible person, but it's really hard to hear Thriller on the radio and not kind of enjoy it because like the song is just so good, you know? And so I do feel like there's kind of that factor here that if Major wasn't as excellent of an actor as he is, that it'd be easier for me to be like, Ugh, dump him. And I wouldn't be sad, you know, if they announced tomorrow that Kang is going to be replaced by Jonathan Boyega for the rest of the MCU. I am not going to cry a tear over that. That's fine with me. But 
as far as this show, it does to me help me not be thinking about it as much when he's doing such an excellent job acting, however terrible of a person he may be in real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, they're supporting an awful person who also is an awful actor. I'm with you. It doesn't justify. Also, you know, he hasn't gone to trial yet. Like, yeah, I, I, I truly think that in these situations, major corporations, part of their math is trying to see how legitimate the case is at this yeah. point. I mean, not that Disney probably isn't spending a lot of money to sweep it under the rug if it's if he is genuinely guilty. Like corporations have a lot of power. I don't know. It's just so hard. Yeah. Well, and we've said the things that, you know, the accusations are bad and yeah. are terrible if true, but also that I don't know, we weren't there, so we don't we don't know for sure either, you know, like it's it's beyond our ability to speak, you know, authoritatively on. So, yeah, I it, it will be interesting though to me because like Loki's, who who do you think Loki's target audience is? Like, is it MCU diehards? Is it women? Because I've kind of always assumed it was Hiddleston fans that like the audience would be at least half women. I mean, what's really interesting about it is it's not, in my mind, it's not a traditional superhero show. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of like explosions or fistfights that try to fix things, you know? It's it's a pretty cerebral show. There's a lot of philosophical stuff. And like I said before, a lot of people sitting at tables talking about free will and religion and what it means to have purpose in life if your understanding of you know metaphysics is upended like none of that screams like hey here's a fun show for 13 year old boys you know like yeah so in that way it's kind of unusual i just think there's so much goodwill for tom hiddleston throughout the mcu that just the nostalgia factor makes it somewhat a core mcu property because people who loved Avengers and loved Ragnarok and love that stuff are going to want to see a continuation of that. So you have those people and then you have, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the public opinion is. If there is a whole lot of Jonathan majors in the rest of the series, which it appears there will be. And I wonder if they are benefiting from not having to do cast interviews and stuff you know not having to address the fact that they're not putting jonathan majors in front of interview chairs or not having him on interviews where they're bringing up the situation or you know i just wonder what all that math is for them and it's actually an interesting uh this is maybe getting far afield but to me it's an interesting question part of the reason people don't like people who have you know claims against them being in these movies be that ezra miller johnny depp or amber heard or you know jonathan majors or whoever is well we don't want to platform people who are mean bad people right 
Mm-hmm. But in a way, you don't platform them as much if they're not doing press, you know, like, yeah, it's a fascinating question of is a studio less culpable for platforming a criminal person if they use them as an actor, but then don't allow them to get in front of journalists or to be on magazines than if they do, you know, like, do we maybe get to a point where like people get pseudo canceled where they can still act and get a paycheck? but we're not going to tolerate them being on Jimmy Kimmel and laughing, you know, like, I don't know if that's a weird in place in between place that we might go as a culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Though. I mean, I am going to miss getting to see the women from the Marvels doing press. Yes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> if nothing i mean i want the screen actors to get their contract for a lot of reasons yeah but aman Vellani doing the yeah. um the, the late night circuit was something yeah. i was very much looking forward to yeah like i want them to resolve these contract negotiations like the week the marvels comes out so that we can see Amon on the press circuit if for no other reason so that she can just have fun because i think she deserves it oh, you know? she deserves every bit of everything um <laughs> Even hijacking a conversation about Jonathan Majors. Um, <laughs> exactly. It is It is us naturally trying, like water trying to find its level that the two of us would go to something as positive as her to stop talking about Jonathan Majors. Like, yes. Everywhere that they went to Jonathan Majors, send them on. Um, let her light up the world. But yeah. Um, We'll see. We'll see how it continues to feel as we have more of them. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, it does seem like this show is doing some heavy lifting for the mythology of Kang and who he is and where he comes from. I mean, I don't want to belabor that. I don't think we totally at this point understand how that fits in the time travel mechanics and how all plot works in this, you know, multiverse or whatever, but it is, if this does turn out to be Kang's origin story, it'll be kind of interesting to have a Thanos level bad guy in an Avengers movie and you don't get his origin because the origin was in a Disney plus series. Like that shows how seriously Feige and company are taking Disney plus as a legitimate, you know, Avenue for their storytelling. Um, I do have questions about him being from the late 1800s though. Like, why did he set up the TVA with a 1950s aesthetic if he's from the late 1800s? The bigger question is, why did he tell them he was a scientist from the 31st century last season? Yeah. I will write that off as there is no show Bible. <laughs> I, I, I like the answer more that he's a chronic liar who's constantly conning people. And so he can't trust a word that comes out of his mouth. But yeah. Yeah, and there's no show Bible. It is an interesting way to make a villain sympathetic, I think, to introduce him as a struggling inventor who's also cheating people and, as you said, like has a stutter. And, you know, there were layers of sort of um, racial tension, even in the way some of the scenes played out. And I mean, it to me it's pretty brilliant writing to go oh this 
this character is interesting. Like if that's where he comes from, it's fascinating how a man went from that place to maybe being the most powerful person in the multiverse, you know, like to me, it does set up a compelling arc for sort of understanding who he is as a character. Agreed. Well, I mean, I assume that's his youth, no matter what universe we're in, because they had the instructions to go through the book. Yeah, unless it's one of his descendants or there's cloning going on or somehow there's a universe that's so divergent that in other universes he wasn't born until the 31st century. I mean, you know, I don't, I mean, they yeah. have not clarified any of that in my mind, but. I don't expect them to. <laughs> it, it has been fun as an exercise that we've had the one who remains, he who remains and we've had sort of Kang the Conqueror and Quantumania and now Victor Timely and Loki 2, like allowing majors to create all these different versions of the same guy, but try to hold on to a thread that's similar. I think it it teases how fun some of the different versions we saw at the end of Quantumania and the end credit, you know, like with the Council of Kangs and him like hamming it up is all the different versions it it makes a lot of sense that they picked him as the next big villain because it's just a juicy thing to do to let somebody play the same dude 18 different ways i don't so far i've had fun with it every time that like oh this one's different you know yeah i mean we have what 10 more years of this (laughs) at the rate we're going at the rate we're going it'll be like old man king uh, and the middle-aged Avengers, <laughs> middle-aged Avengers, and Old Man King. Uh, Marvel's going to be using all of that de-aging technology. <laughs> the story of Miss Marvel as she hits menopause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but really, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> like, well, because before the plan was like 2025, 2026 for those Avengers movies. I would think we're probably looking at 2028 at best that we wrap all this stuff yeah. up yeah yeah that's a long time to be with this one character that we're getting i mean yeah i mean and we're getting so much more of him than we got of thanos this early yeah in the in the first trilogy but but i'm kind of okay with that because i mean we look back on it fondly but I was getting real tired of Thanos showing up every other movie in an end credit going, I'm getting serious now. No, really. I'm going to handle this myself. Oh, look at me. I'm putting on a glove. I'm going to come in another two years. Like, you know, like the hints at Thanos were getting a little old throughout phase two to me. But I think the other thing, you know, you've talked about traditional TV. I like that at this point between loki and mobius and renslayer and sylvie and miss minutes and victor timely and the rest of the people at tva and aurora boris like we have a bunch of different characters with different motives and their storylines are weaving in and out of each other in such a way it creates a fun unpredictability to me you know like like i liked that you had different entities with different cross purposes interacting and to me that's something tv can do really well because you've had enough time with the different characters to have them 
have different motivations, you know, in their action. We're three episodes in. I'll give them credit for consistency when we get through the season. <laughs> okay. I'm not giving any bonus points three episodes in. Um, but I do feel like they're fairly consistent. Um, so we'll see. Prove me wrong, Marvel. Surprise us. Surprise us with a good series. Surprise me. I've enjoyed these all the way through. So what we're really looking for is the series where you feel as good about it as I do at the end. (laughs) We agree in New Orleans. That's correct. (laughs) No, if you want a a crazy bachelorette party weekend, go to New Orleans. Avoid Las Vegas. Go to New Orleans. Don't. Don't don't try to make New Orleans more complicated than it is. Go to New Orleans. Stay in the French Quarter. Just do it. Don't don't go to Bourbon Street. Maybe go down to Decatur. Go to go to like Bourbon and Saint Anne and like a three block radius from there. But anyways, and also jazz clubs like. There's so many good jazz musicians. Just pick one. It doesn't have to be like the most famous one where B.B. King played or whatever. Like just pick one that's near your hotel that you feel comfortable getting to sit in there, drink two or three drinks and just listen to the music for an hour or two and enjoy yourself like that. That's a great time in and of itself. My wife and I did that at three o'clock in the afternoon one day and it was amazing. Like it was so good. Yeah. Even in the middle of the day, you know? Yeah. Well, that's uh, our travel tip for the day. We'll be back uh, to talk about Loki uh, episode four here soon enough. But thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for being here, Rhiannon. And we'll see you guys later.